Okay, ready to do this thing? Uh, I, as much as ever, I guess. Okay, so the first thing that I wanted to do. Sure, go m- ahead. Much like anything, you don't know what I'm getting ready to do. No, never. Um, so we're really, really bad about asking for reviews on iTunes and plugging our Facebook page and all that stuff. Well, yeah. We're really terrible about that. So. But we're goddamn professionals. So I'm going to make a call to action here. Not on our behalf, though. Okay. So it might be a little late because we're 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 running a couple weeks ahead right now when we're recording this. Yeah, because we've got Horror Hound coming up. We do. Which um, happened co- last week, if when you're listening to this, but happens in the future for us. Yes. Because we can't record when it's going on. Correct. That makes it difficult. Yeah. Um, but as I'm talking to you right now. As a time traveler. As a time traveler, last weekend, mm-hmm. I saw what will be the best movie of the year. Holy shit. Yeah. I really, I really, Did really, really it? want to see it. I have not. Uh, so. But I love Key and Peele. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've always thought Jordan Peele was that show. Mm-hmm. So, I'll let you, I'll so, so what I'm referencing is I saw Get Out. Mm-hmm. Get Out will be my favorite movie of 2017. You've probably heard a lot about it already, and I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody. We usually talk spoilers on this show, but that's not my motivation here. So I don't think I've ever used this word to describe a movie, but this was a masterpiece. Wow. I can't tell you how excited I am about this for so many reasons. Number one is I was a fan of Jordan Peele just from the TV show, very casually, like I didn't follow hard. Mm-hmm. I know they had another movie about a cat. Keanu. It's on HBO now right now. I need to watch it. Um, and, I, and I didn't make a point to watch it or anything. But I heard him on another podcast a year or two ago referencing that he was making a horror movie from Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. Blumhouse, I don't think, is a name you probably know, Justin. Nope. But it's sort of... Uh, the new wave of horror that's coming in. So it's a guy named Jason Blum. He's producing all these movies and he, it's kind of like reinvigorated the genre. And, uh, he gave Jordan Peele a shot Mm -hmm. and it was number one at the box office. It's a $6 million movie made 30 million over its first weekend. It wouldn't surprise me if that number doesn't go up. Yeah. Um, there's something else coming out this weekend that's big. Logan. Logan. So I'm sure it's not going to be number one again. Yeah. But based on the word of mouth, it wouldn't surprise me if it actually doesn't go up instead of down. Mm-hmm. I'm not overselling. I don't think I'm overselling it and I don't think I'm overhyping it when the things that you've heard from it, but it is, it is funny. It is socially conscious. It is horrific, but it's not necessarily a horror movie. Um, it has something to say. So if you've seen a trailer or anything, you know, any yeah. premise. Mm-hmm. So the great thing about it, like it, I'm, if there's anything that I'm good at, I've had a lot of practice of it. I'm really good at being white. <laughs> yes. I've kind of got that nailed. Okay. Good. I've got that down. Good. Okay. I hear that helps. It, uh, it does. But so it's pretty awesome because I'm watching this as a white guy and I can also see how, if you're watching it. Uh, as a black person, right? Because as a white person, you can tell what a black person thinks. <laughs> I'm saying because you're watching you, the, the movie, the main character, you're seeing mm-hmm. it through his eyes, right? Yeah. And he's a black guy. 
So there's little things that happen. And the the whole point is it starts to make you think about these social ticks, these intricacies that you do when you're so for an example, it's in the trailer, but like a young black guy meets his girlfriend's uh, dad and his dad greets him with like, what's up, man, or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, the odd thing. And there's a whole bunch of those things throughout the movie. It's a white family. It's a white family. Yeah. And it's how they're interacting and treating him the slightest bit different. Not negative. Yeah. But different. Because he's a black guy. Overcompensating. Exactly. So as as a black person, I imagine that you're watching this and you're identifying with that. Oh, yeah. I know how they do that. They do that. And as a white person, I'm watching it. not thinking of an individual time, but probably aware that I've probably done that. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I, I really want you to see it because I really think it's a great movie. I I was offended. I didn't get an invitation. Um, sorry. I was supposed to go, I was supposed to go with my wife, uh, but she was sick. So it was sort of like a last minute, like, am I doing this? Am I not doing this? Um, but I, I can't, I, I that that's my goal here is to try to get more people out because he deserve he he said he has f- another four films three films or four films because he has four social demons films that he wants to do that's cool so I don't know if that's three more or four more mm-hmm. um but I would write him a blank check man it it excites me to know and like number one to be a casual fan of somebody to see them have some success yeah. to see horror be number one at the box office to see Blumhouse, a company that I get excited about their product being number one to have it be so good. Um, so that's my goal. If it's, if it's still playing when this is, when you're listening to this, go see it. It'll probably be on VOD by that point, pre-order the DVD, whatever you can do. Um, definitely. I'll, I'll I'm going to get the theater, to go see Logan. I'll probably go see get out as well. The, uh, cause it looks great. It, it's just everything wrapped into one that you can imagine. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to keep going. Um, that's my call to arms, which leads me to the next question. Justin, uh-huh. what's the most racist thing you've ever done but... or said or thought? Okay. Well, can I first tell you something that, because uh, I have like the whole social anxiety thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, speaking of overcompensating, I feel like I do that sometimes. Like I'm walking down the street. I see someone coming at me at the, the direction not like coming at me but walking in the opposite direction i realize in 10 seconds there's there might be something awkward as we pass mm-hmm. right it doesn't matter who it is that's what i think and i respond accordingly very awkwardly but if it's a if it's a black person i still have those same thoughts but then there's that extra layer of thought of oh shit don't look like you're being racist don't look like you're trying to avoid him because he's black you're just trying to avoid him because he's another human being on this planet and you're weird yeah <laughs> so yeah that, that that has definitely happened plenty of times yeah uh i think my biggest thing that mm-hmm. i've done that's racist is i i have and i can't i think i continuously i will pat myself on the back for not being racist yeah like if that makes any sense yeah. like I treated him like a person. <laughs> Good for I'm me. So not racist. Look at me go. I'm surprised he didn't give me an award. Like, <laughs> here's the not racist award. Well, here you go. Congratulations. But that in and of itself, like the sheer fact in my mind that I go there, mm-hmm. 
means that I don't know if I don't know if racist is the right word. I'm not it's, I'm not one oh, to speak on it's that. It's definitely a form of racism. But it uh because you are acting differently because he he or she is of a different race. Yes. And, and the I, way that you're acting differently is yes. you're patting yourself on the back. Yeah, you know, you're right. And and you're absolutely right because I think that's the point that the movie proves yeah. is like there's not overtly negative, but right. you're treating someone different for that. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, until you don't even think about it is when it, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um so that's the end of my soapbox for something that isn't even us. We should really plug ourselves more often. <laughs> eh. I'm trying to give more than $30 million to this movie, I guess. Yeah. But uh, it's something that I really, really was excited about. And yeah, I'm still excited about it. I, I want to see it over and over again. And I can't wait to see anything else that he does. I hope he never does anything funny again based on how good this was. <laughs> like, he, I just want to keep him to myself. Okay. Yeah. Well, sure. Okay. Uh, we watched Selfish bastard. The, we watched The Hills Have Eyes. Before we do that, oh, I'm sorry. You get to tell funny stories, like what, like what happened to me during the week. I'm sorry because you always start the podcast. You're like, I'm gonna start with that funny story that happened this week. Sorry, you. <laughs> <laughs> I had something happen to me this week. Yes. Uh I was. I went to lunch with a coworker. Mm-hmm. We went to a Chinese buffet. We were sitting eating our very mediocre food. And how many buffets did you get? How many like plates? No buffets. So we were sitting there eating <laughs> our food. That was always my fat guy joke. Like, like my friends would be like, "Do you want to go to a buffet?" And like, "Yeah, I'll get two. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, we're sitting there and we're just chit chatting, bullshitting, and off in the distance, coming our way is a dog inside it's the restaurant inside the restaurant okay and i think oh you know service animals whatever quickly looking for like the vest that says it's a service worker or whatever mm-hmm. it's wearing like an ascot or a bandana or something mm-hmm. it is definitely not a service animal okay and it sees the two fat guys sitting at the table and it trots up and starts getting like on the table and <laughs> sniffing and licking and i just like i'm just frozen there as the dog's licking my hand like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> and uh it, then it moves on to another table or whatever and then like the waiter comes over and like is perplexed and like another person comes over and starts walking around with the dog I guess she thought maybe someone in the restaurant owned it. So she's like following it around thinking it's going to go back and find its owner. (laughs) And so they disappear into the back together and we're like trying to recover. Like what the fuck just happened? They is the dog and the the waitress? The the lady. Yeah. Okay. My friend and I are just trying to decompress kind of just what just happened. And then we look again and the dog is up in some dude's lap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he is definitely not excited about this. <laughs> and that's when the lady just grabs it by its bandana and ushers it out. And, <laughs> and we're just like, what the fuck just happened? Holy shit. And like the waiter comes over and he's like, you know, we're going to discount and all other stuff. And like, whatever. 
that was a crazy moment. <laughs> I love that there's a, there's people that would be blaming the restaurant. Like that's a crazy <laughs> yeah. thing that would happen. And Definitely. They're, they're apolo- okay, go ahead. And then uh, this apparently this dog is just on the loose outside. We didn't see it go in, but we definitely saw a lady chase it out of the next door Dollar General with a broom. Okay. So I I don't know what happened to this dog. It is probably still on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> but a dog accosted to be in a Chinese restaurant. And it's one of the strangest things that has ever happened to me while I was eating Asian food. Not the most, but probably second weirdest thing. Do you want to save that most weird thing? Sure. Okay. Little uh, teaser. That'll be another time. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> when you when you tell that story, I'll tell my my pizzeria story. All right. Got it. So what did we watch, Russ? We watched The Hills Have Eyes. What's, yes, our, what's our synopsis did. for The Hills Have Eyes? Uh, 1977. Family family car breaks down in the desert and other mutant family is after them. Cannibal mutant family. Cannibal mutant family, yes. Yeah, that's the synopsis. Yeah, that's the basically end. it. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, done here. Um so the the one of the very first things I noticed is mm-hmm. they're riding with zero car seat. Yeah, the baby's just in a lap mm-hmm. in mom's lap. It's nineteen seventy seven. It is nineteen seventy seven. But here's the the thing that struck. So obviously that struck me as weird. Then I was like, eh, it's nineteen seventy seven. So then it goes to my mind, what are we doing now every day that is going to be killing us that everybody else is going to look at crazy. Like people used to just be eating like bowls of asbestos, <laughs> and they were yeah. good with it. So makes your belly flame retardant. Is it well, like? Is it? It's got to be. Like I'm not a big organic guy or anything, but like it's got to be chemicals and preservatives. Like these e-cigarettes make me nervous. Super bugs, man. Super bugs. Um, e-cigarettes just give you popcorn lung. But superbugs aren't something we're doing I'm, I'm referencing like what are we doing superbugs are something we're doing superbugs spawn from our antibiotic and antiseptic and, and the culture poop and everything I, I fought with my wife for a while about that like mm-hmm. she was like sanitizing the kids like constantly and i was like you gotta stop just let them get dirty and lick, yeah. lick dog poop and stuff it's good for them sure let's stick good. forks and lock, light sockets yeah exactly no yeah. not quite that much um um, the dad, Bob, yeah, is a yeller. Like, yeah. like I saw me a little bit in that. Mm-hmm. Like my wife and I have a go-to thing. You remember in uh, Black Sheep when Chris Farley is the bus driver, and he's. Like, you mean in Billy Madison where he's the bus yes, driver? Yes, I'm sorry. In yeah. Billy Madison, he gets on. He's just like, no yelling on the bus. Yeah. At least once a day, my wife or I like <laughs> scream at the kids, like stop yelling. <laughs> so like behind our. Behind her back. What was that voice? That was my wife. That's what she sounds like. <laughs> she. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so then behind the kids' backs, one of us will be like, no yelling on the bus and just mock the other one relentlessly while the kids aren't hearing it. Oh, Doyle rules. <laughs> the, uh, you keep blowing your mic out a little bit there. Well, the, noticed. we did mic checks before. I don't know. You're the audio guy. It's your fault. Okay. Not because you're swallowing the mic. Um, you you complain you complain when I'm back here. You complain when I'm up here. No, I complain that you were blowing. <laughs> um. So speaking behind the backs, 
Uh-huh. Stop me if I've told this before. I'm not going to remember. Um, when I was little, like me and my brother and my sister were all getting in trouble for something. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the three of us are lined up and we're getting scolded for whatever. I don't know. wasn't that big of a deal. But my little brother mouthed off. Mm-hmm. Right? And my mom looked at him and she said, you better shut up or I'm going to slap the shit right out of your <laughs> mouth. And I leaned over to him and I was like, you have shit in your mouth? So, so then he started giggling. So he started giggling, and then he got all of my mom's wrath because she was like, "What? You think I'm funny? You think I'm funny? I'm gonna show you funny." And then he got in trouble, and my sister and I were kind of forgotten about that we were in trouble because I made him laugh. Did you slap the shit out of his mouth? Uh, no, we always got threatened that we were gonna get hit like mm-hmm. a lot, like yeah. wooden spoons. Like I'm gonna get this wooden spoon out, and I don't think that ever happened. Just a lot of threats. I think as we've established in this podcast, I was definitely like a test your boundaries type kid. And I remember uh, my mom used to threaten, oh, I'm going to get the belt. I'm going to get the belt. And then when she finally did, like, it sucked. It didn't hurt at all. So it, like, was an empty threat. And so this went on for months. And then uh, I remember one day we went to my grandma's house. And my mom was like, you keep acting up, I'm going to get the belt. And she, I keep going on, she gets the belt, and, like, is slapping me in the bottom with the belt. And my grandma was like, that's not how you do it. And so she <laughs> takes the belt from her and just whips the shit out of my ass. <laughs> and then proceeds to give her, like, a 20-minute lesson on how to whip your kid. <laughs> And so now when and you're from, the only kid yeah, around, so yeah. you keep being the dummy to get whipped. Yeah. So, so from then on, my mom knew how to use the belt, and I learned how to be a good little boy. So you're you're advocating corporal punishment. Is what <laughs> Not you're advocating saying. it, but it works. I'm a pretty good kid now. Uh, good 33 year old kid. Why did Bob blame his wife for the accident? They they swerved to not hit a bunny. But that was after there were airplanes flying overhead, so he yeah. decided to just gun just it. Gun it. Oh, there's an airplane. It it wants to race. I don't <laughs> so <he laughs> like like the airplanes at the stoplight revving its engine. And, and he guns it. And like three times. Like they showed his foot going to the floor like three times. Yeah. Like he floored it and then floored it more and then finally <laughs> floored it triple speed. And then sees a bunny and swerves. Mm-hmm. His wife must he blamed her for throwing the map in his face? Well, he blamed her for being shitty at reading a map. Because but they were passing the map around. And and then it wound up in his face. So it was a terrible crash. Yeah. I understand Bob blaming his wife for things that is not her fault because that's my MO. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll definitely do that. Like, But, yeah. but uh, I'm calling Bob out at the same time because that was <laughs> not his wife's fault in no. the slightest. If anything, it was the bunny. Yeah, it's the bunny's fault. I um, do you, you don't ma- you don't swerve. You just hit the bunny. You gotta you got your kids and your grandkid in your car. You just hit the bunny. Do you remember? Be- did you see Beetlejuice? Yeah, of course. Do you remember how Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis die? They there's a yeah, dog. They go with the yeah, and they swerve and they like teeter on the bridge and then fall in. So I remember being little and asking my parents like, "Would you die to save a dog's life?" And they were like, "Nope, sure <laughs> wouldn't." And I remember like resenting them 
for the longest time as yeah. a little kid and thinking they were monsters. It's terrible, and terrible just people. evil that they weren't going to sacrifice themselves for the dog. Yeah. Um, I would kill that dog. Yeah, 100%. By the way, both of those dogs in that movie are dead. Yep. Really dead. So is mm-hmm. that bunny. Yeah, that bunny's definitely. And the other bunny. Might have been the same bunny later in the movie. And definitely the old man from the beginning that worked at the gas station. Pro- probably. I mean, it's been 40 years, yeah. so I would think so. I would imagine so. Yeah. Good times. Definitely. Um, so Wes, did Wes Craven write this? Mm-hmm. And direct okay. it. Um, do you think he wrote this with the location in mind? Because it definitely seemed to be a story built around those rocks and... and the hills basically I, I would think it would have to like both of these films it's a character unto itself like it couldn't take place anywhere else yeah um and both i think did a great job of really making you feel isolated and that you were stuck there mm-hmm. like the first one in particular like there were just literal literal lines on the screen where they would go into blackness yeah and they were just gone mm-hmm. um and the fact that like I really appreciate the fact that they didn't follow. He's Doug in the remake. I don't remember his name in the original. Mustache. Mustache, yeah. Uh, he just <laughs> That's like, what it says on his driver's license, at least. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, he just disappears, and then he just comes back. And to me, like, that was... That's scarier than discovering, like, the graveyard and everything because then you know something is there you know something's happening Mm -hmm. but he left and came back and was completely ignorant of everything right um the family after doug and bob go away so they go to get help Mm -hmm. and then the family has a good hearty chuckle about when one of the dogs ate a poodle yeah and they all thought it was hilarious it was hilarious like like this was somebody getting caught TPing or mm-hmm. something. Like their dog chewed another dog to death. Yeah, and, and it didn't like, even <laughs> die. Me. Dad had to pay the vet bills. That was a great time. And, and it was like it was the person's fault that they wanted him to pay the vet bills. Yeah, I don't know. And <laughs> it was just weird. It was super weird. Like no, that dog should have put put to sleep if it killed another dog. <laughs> yeah, this is again nineteen seventy seven. This is not a funny thing. Um, so this film is actually based on a true story, sort of. Okay. Um, there's a, I don't know the details, but there was like a cannibalistic hill family in Ireland, Scotland. One of them lands. You're looking at me like I'm going to be able to help at all. Uh, called Sawny Bean. And it was basically, it was a cannibalistic family that lived in the hills. And I think that's pretty much, and then he took that nugget and turned it into this. So Donner Party. It's pretty like, interesting. That uh, movie alive. That's um, it. They're doing it in the back of the station wagon. Yeah. Okay. So you're just stranding. Okay. You, you are a husband with mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. If you're like stranded in the desert mm-hmm. and your family's in the trailer right there, do you, are you like super horny or is, is it like, oh good. You know, we finally have time to fuck. Or is it like, to me, it would be like, we might die, so. Le- even more so. Let's mm-hmm. pretend you are super horny and want to do it. Yeah. You know that your dad or your father-in-law, depending on which party you are, mm-hmm. should be walking up 
any time yeah and into open windows <laughs> on all sides yeah why would you be doing this because it's the 70s i don't understand i don't think it has i don't think it's the 70s i think it just doesn't it's a free make sense time, man. it just doesn't make sense I don't. Yeah. I, I can't. It, it didn't ring true to me either. Because um, yeah, it, especially because you know, I don't. I don't know about this time, but definitely in the eighties and onward, it's like horror movies. You know, you gotta have boobs and everything in it. There's not even nudity. It's just like no. It, there's it, some sex noises. Yeah, it's not for gratuitous reasons. No. It just doesn't make sense. Um, years and years ago, when the clapper first came out. Clap on, clap off the clapper. Um, <laughs> that really worked out well. Yep. <laughs> the uh, so years ago, uh, when that first came on, I was like, I want a clapper, mm-hmm. and I never got a clapper. Cause yeah, I was, like, I was the exact same way. Because I was like six. Yeah. <laughs> My parents were like, Why do you need a Why do you need a clapper? Because I don't want to clap and then go to sleep. You don't need a clapper. But really, I want to clap on, clap off, clap on, clap off, clap on, clap off. And you don't need Twister. You chubby bastard. (laughs) I never wanted Twister. I I, I was a very realistic kid. (laughs) So I never got that. But when I was 25, it had a resurgence. 25 question mark? Yeah. Uh, it had a resurgence, so my parents got it for me. Like, kind of as like a, haha, remember when you wanted this mm-hmm. type thing? And it's only $6 now at yeah. Walgreens, <laughs> so you can have it now instead of 40 So they got it for me, and I was like, all right, I'll try this. I hooked it up. I still live with my parents. Mm-hmm. I'd done the thing where I went to college, um, moved in with my girlfriend, now my wife, uh, and then I moved back home. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the clapper, however, was terrible. Because it would be sensitive at times when it shouldn't be. It would turn on or off, like when you're watching TV randomly. And if, hypothetically, you still live with your parents, but your girlfriend came over and you were attempting to be intimate, (laughs) there would be moments (laughs) when the clapper thought it heard clapping and then the lights would turn on all of a sudden. (laughs) It's just like strobe lighting. (laughs) It was... Funniest thing in the world every time you'd be in the middle and then all of a sudden the clapper lights would come on and then you'd have to pause and you'd just be like whichever one was in the best position would just be like oh didn't take hold on okay it went off again let's okay you ready okay let's go whilst trying to still be quiet enough that you don't wake up the family that's in the home at some point, you're like, okay, this, you know, there's a level of don't be too loud. You wake up the family, but then it becomes okay. But we need to tone it down just a little bit more for the clapper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> otherwise, like, they're just like, are you standing there just flipping the lights on and off? What is happening right now? <laughs> uh, so, for that's... I'm so glad she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I definitely can't type tie, uh, top that, but for uh, Christmas, my mom got me uh, an Echo Dot, and <clears throat> uh, I'll just be watching TV or whatever, and the TV will not say anything near Alexa, but it I'll, it'll just go. I I don't understand what you said, but I can also get on my phone and 
say, okay, you know, look at what were the last commands given, and you read some of the stuff that it thought it heard is just fucking gibberish. <laughs> just, just line after line of gibberish. Like, how good is its speech pattern? Because obviously I'm watching TV. There are people talking. It thinks it hears Alexa, mm-hmm. but then it can't decipher the next words whatsoever. <laughs> there two two things here. Mm-hmm. One, nothing that I'm involved with. I just saw a video online that I thought was hilarious. And like these people gave like their dad one and it was like some hillbilly dude and they told it like its name is Dennis or something like that. So he's just screaming, Dennis, or whatever it is at him. Two, have I told when the story about when I try when I got a new cell phone and I tried to do the voice to text? I don't think so. So I got a phone and I w- decided to try to do the voice to text for the first time. And what it was was I had taken my son to Bass Pro Shop. And they have a bowling alley there. Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to take him bowling. Because it's like Hillbilly Disneyland. Sure. Um, I mean, it's fun if you're like into that. Yeah. If you're into like hunting or fishing. We're not really. But we were there. Yeah. So we decided we were going to go bowling. So It's a thing to do when you're in like, I don't know, Missouri. Yeah. So we're there. We're going to go bowling. It's just him and I. So by the time, I'm like, all right, we need... Two pairs of shoes, two balls, the bumper's up. Uh, we want to go for one game. And they're like, okay, that'll be $36. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, thank you. I'm <laughs> not going to spend $36 on that. That sounds ridiculous. So I like got to the car, and uh, I went onto Facebook, the voice-to-text thing, and I said something along the lines of, just went to take m- my son to go bowling, but it turned out it was $36. I didn't know love had a price. Apparently it does. <laughs> Apparently it does, and that price is $36. So I posted it, all's well. Well, get home or whatever, look at my phone, and it's blown up because apparently what my update was was something along the lines of went to take my son bowling, and now I make love for a price, <laughs> and that price is $36. <laughs> So, I think that might constitute prostitution by soliciting it. I don't really know how that works. Um, yeah. The hills have eyes. Um, the when uh, not Dennis was out and running around, he was dressed completely in denim. Yeah, which is definitely a seventies thing. Mm-hmm. When years ago, my family went to. Uh, I like how you tell one tiny little bit about the movie and then it's a segue to another story. I can't help it. Like every, uh, you want me to stop? No. Tell me to stop. So fucking narcissist. (laughs) So we, we were, we, I don't remember what we went, we went and stayed at a hotel for a week and they gave us like a $50 gift card to some fancy restaurant that was way above like, our going out to eat as a family would be like a local cafe, mm-hmm. Applebee's type thing, right? It's, we're not going anywhere that has a wine list, okay? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just not who my parents are, and they have kids, so that's not what they do. This, however, was definitely that place. Yeah. But they had a $50 gift card, so you better bet your ass we were going. Yeah, definitely. So we get there, and we walk in, and I remember my mom leaning over to my dad as we walked in and saying... Oh my God, we're the denim family because like <laughs> this is the early '90s, and 
like she had looked around and realized like people are dressed nice mm-hmm. and we like definitely have like denim jackets and stuff on in are they bedazzled our, no i don't think so in addition to our blue jeans <laughs> and so i remember like just the waitress hating us because number one we had kids she knew she was not going to get a good tip um no i think they did fine with that it was just definitely like looking down her nose mm-hmm. um but like i remember like we all got steak because mm-hmm. everything else we didn't even know what it was yeah uh especially us kids and like my sister asked for ketchup and like oh. she got like <laughs> snarled at and, like, i would snarl at your sister if she asked for ketchup on a steak and it was, she's like six at this point i don't care <laughs> and so learn them young and uh so we figured out too like when we would get up to go to the bathroom we if we because they had cloth napkins if we put them on the table or we sat them on the chair mm-hmm. the waitress would come over and fold them up and hang them on the back of the chair. So, of course, every time somebody got up, whoever else was there, because we tried to do it, would lean over and pull it down. <laughs> so the waitress came over like 10 times during the course of the thing. Sounds like the Denim family are dicks. <laughs> it was more mocking each other and just the pretentiousness of being there. Mm, uh, well, it was... Sounds like it had an innocent bystander. Yeah. Uh... At another point, we went to a fancy meal, mm-hmm. and we went to like a a Japanese place where they cook in front of you and Hibachi. do the fancy yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I was probably twelve at this point, okay. and I insisted that I wanted lobster. Mm-hmm. My parents were like, "You're not getting lobster, Russell. You are not going to eat that. Pick something else." <laughs> no, I want lobster. That's what I'm going to want. I like. Trust me, I like fish. Yeah. You like breaded fish sticks <laughs> and McFish sandwiches or fish fillet sandwiches. You're not going to like lobster. Just say, so am. I'm going to like it. I don't know why I just turned it into Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Your accents have been spot on today. So, of course, as soon as I get this lobster, I take one bite and I don't want this like $36 lobster <laughs> that I insisted that I had to have. So I had, so my dad gave me like part of his steak or whatever. I don't even think he really likes lobster, but of course he ate it because he's paying forty dollars for yeah. this thing. Um, the Hills Have Eyes. It's a movie that we watched. Uh, so is, is he Bobby in in the first movie too? Yes. Okay. So Bobby, uh, beauty goes off, and Bobby follows her, mm-hmm. and goes up and down this really tough terrain finds her and runs away he's sprinting full speed over super treacherous terrain he stops that that was the scaredest i was during the whole movie by the way was like there's a (laughs) real actor actor. yeah for the actor like he's gonna roll an ankle and then break his head open yeah he's running full speed over all this really rough terrain he gets to like the one flat spot Slows down and falls over. Uh, he pirouetted as well. Yes. Did a little spin move mm-hmm. and fell. And then later he's running through the desert over all of these like rocks and little bushes and stuff. And then he comes to like the flat part and falls down. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing in front of him falls in his face. It. Uh, I get why things needed to happen, but yeah. I think it's partially like what they're limited to with options that they have in yeah. in 77 on a cheap movie. Um, I felt like there were a lot of weird character moments in this. Like the actors were, I felt like were doing a really good job, really portraying 
their emotions and everything. But like the writer writing either the writing and the directing or both would put them in these really weird, awkward situations and so I just had to like laugh at the awkwardness. Like after um the trailer gets raided by um the two uh you know, guy just lost his his baby, saw his baby go off, mm-hmm. his wife's dead. Uh he goes off to chase them. He comes back, knocks on the door, and Bobby holds the gun open, holds the gun on him, and just, like, slaps it away. <laughs> like, he's really downtrodden and really portraying that. Yeah. But then there's just, like, this awkward, like, slap. Which seems super dangerous. Yeah. Right? I That would, uh, that would scare me. Yeah. To try to slap that out of somebody's hand. Like, that's the one that stood out the most, you. but there were, I feel like there were several little, like, like these people are trying to convey emotion, but then like they're in a trailer and like there's kind of it's kind of ridiculous this the the exact shot and situation that yeah. they're in. And then traps work their way into it as well, which yeah. is another like Wes Craven staple yeah. or, or Rube Goldberg type things. Uh, okay, are we jumping to the end already? No, we don't have to. I just we're uh, I it was my mind like those awkward type things yeah. is why I brought that up. We don't have to jump to the end. I was just. I mean, we can to, jump to, around. I was just uh, trying to continue your. Why? Your why does the trailer blow up? It was filled with propane. It was filled with propane, and if he opened the door, the matches would would strike the thing, and everything would blow up. Mm-hmm. Except he very obviously did not get blown up. He did not have any marks on him mm-hmm. whatsoever. Correct. But yet the trailer blew up. Well, he smelled it. Yeah. So I would say that he threw a rock to blow it up to trick them. That's being very generous. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm a generous kind of guy. Yeah, I guess you are. We're talking about uh, Jupiter there, right? The the Papa. Papa, Jupiter. Okay, Jupiter. Um, and as soon as we saw him on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You said what? Uh, split hot dog. It looked like his nose was a split hot dog. Yeah. Bob gets lit on fire. Yeah. Who turns into a dummy at some times. Yeah. And then he is himself mm-hmm. with smoke coming out of his mouth. A lot of smoke. Dirt on his face. Very clean looking smoke. His clothes are not burned for some reason. Yeah. And they everybody decides the very first medical attention he needs is blankets. He needs Bobby's jacket. And then blankets. Yeah. To stay warm. No. He doesn't get blankets. She, the mom gets blankets. No, but no, yeah, I'm saying he, gets, he needs blankets, meaning Bob needs blankets. Yeah. To he stay need, warm. He wants water and whiskey and blankets. Yes. <clears throat> Why is everybody... And then later, the mom gets shot. Mm-hmm. And they immediately decide not to yeah, don't push hold, on the wound. Don't put pressure on the wound. Cover Just cover her with blankets. Yeah. And I feel like Death that's the, cold. That's the go-to thing. Like, whenever you see a movie, mm-hmm. and they're sitting in the back of an ambulance, they have blankets on. Yeah. Why? Well, when you're losing blood, that's your, that's what keep, regulates your body temperature is your blood. Okay. So you you need to keep their body temperature up. Okay. So in every movie, when they're sitting in the back of the ambulance, mm-hmm. and nothing has happened to them except they have some scrapes, and then they brush away the paramedics, but then yeah. they sit in the back of it with blankets. 
Or with the space blankets, even better. Yes, that was my next question. Space blankets. If these are so revolutionary and great, why don't we use them all the time? Why don't, why, instead of wearing a big ass heavy Mm -hmm. jacket, why am I not just wearing aluminum foil? So, a regular blanket insulates, it holds the body heat and reflects it a little bit back onto you, and a lot of it escapes. But you get warmer. A space blanket, it's shiny, so it's taking all your heat and it's reflecting it back to you. Mm-hmm. So it's super efficient when to raise someone's body temperature via yes. their own mm-hmm. body heat. I understand this. But you wouldn't want to wear it because you would get really hot and then really cold and then really hot and then really cold. Because it's so efficient at doing what it does. So I would again ask that question. Like, when you go to Alaska, why are you not wearing aluminum foil? I don't know. Because it crinkles and gets annoying? (laughs) We need to delete this and start an (laughs) aluminum foil coat company immediately. Yeah. Um, So, Bob dies. Yeah. Mom dies. Mm -hmm. Sister dies. Sister with the kid dies, yeah. Okay. I was going to save this, but I guess we can do it now. Okay. Am I a moron, or was it confusing trying to establish relationships in this first film? Um, like, I felt like everybody was so close in age, and then like I didn't know if Bobby was married or girlfriends with, who I honestly didn't realize was his sister until the remake, when they do a much better job of establishing who's who and what their relationships are with one another. I didn't have that problem. The only thing I didn't know is whose parents were it. Were they? Well, as far as the married couple. Yeah. I knew that, you know, Bobby and uh, the blonde. Mm-hmm. She also has a B name, I think. I don't remember. I got nothing. Uh, that they were brother and sister. and But I just didn't know because really the, uh, Doug or Mustache, he calls her mom. But I assume That's that he's mother-in-law. the... That he is the son-in-law. Yeah. I I just had a rough time trying to figure out those between one another. Um, So both of them are dispatched. So you're left with Bobby, Mm -hmm. sister, and mustache. Yeah. Um, He, meaning mustache, goes off looking for baby. He he chases them a little bit and then comes back. This is after uh, Pluto, Michael Berryman, was told he wasn't old enough to rape the girl. Yeah. And I can't, we, we, he flips out. Michael Berryman, I couldn't, like, you can't pin an age on that guy at all. Somewhere between 15 and 40. Yes. I would say in that, in that Mm -hmm. general area. Yeah. Um, In the, finds baby. Yeah. They defeat. And they say, that's a real fat, juicy baby. (laughs) We're, we're going to eat it. And then they leave. They take it and go. Uh, they defeat them. Yeah. And then the movie ends. Well, okay, so what you're you're skipping the we actually get to see their like family life. Yeah, we do. And the, like the family relationships, the dynamics mm-hmm. there. Uh, Ruby is kept in uh, the good one. Mm-hmm. Ruby is kept under under. Is she Ruby in this one? I know she's mm-hmm. Ruby in the other. Yeah, one. she's Ruby. Okay. Um, she is kept on a chain, so right, allowed to do anything. She, she tried to escape with the grandpa. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, and that's what I really appreciated. Uh, because I felt like this one, you knew... Everyone in the entire movie, you knew their motivations. Nothing seemed random. It It all... Within the context of the movie, made sense. Except for Bob flooring it to try to get away from airplanes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. Um, I wasn't trying to jump ahead completely. The The big point that I wanted to make mm-hmm. was the movie ends exactly the same place as it starts. Like, they're still stranded in the middle of nowhere right now. Yeah, but he stabbed that dude a lot. He did stab him a lot. In the shoulder. And now there's less of them to try to get help. Yeah. The end credits... But to be fair, I feel of the two Wes Craven movies we've watched on this podcast, Wes Craven doesn't end his movies. They just stop. That's a criticism that he's had forever. Yeah. And you will see as we go through more, mm-hmm. that's a thing. Uh, he's um, like the master of coming up with concepts mm-hmm. and... Booby traps. And booby traps. Um, so you, you haven't seen his masterpiece yet? It's coming? Okay. Um, I don't even know if I want to use the word masterpiece because there are problems Yeah. with even even that. We haven't seen his best work yet. It's still coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like everything has a degree of some merit to it. I have seen probably his most popular film. What's that? Scream. Scream. I don't remember how that ends. I don't remember if that ends or just stops. Well, there's three more sequels after it, so. Yeah. I, I know I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like, "Oh, I'm good." That was uh that was good after that one. Any other points to bring up about Hills Have Eyes? 77? Nothing really striking. No. Overall thoughts. Uh, I enjoyed it. I like I I didn't have the confusion that you had with the characters. I I liked the the characters. What did I had miss? Motivation. What did I miss? I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard time remembering the beginning of that because I'm thinking, oh no, wait, that was in the, that was in the remake. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Overall, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I, I thought character motivations were clear, and I appreciated that. It seemed well constructed for what it was. Cool. There was. There was a bit where either the film stock or the lens had something wrong with it. And I thought at first you're, there were like a couple pixels missing on your, like that went out on your TV. And I was feeling like I had to break the bad news to you. <laughs> and then like a scene later it was gone. I was good. like, okay. That yeah, was in the film stock. That's good. Oh, six. Oh, six. Uh, starts with awesome credits. Mm-hmm. I love the credit sequence during this. I think it's genuinely disturbing. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, I already said I thought they did a better job establishing who everybody was. So even if you bought it at the beginning, I mm-hmm. feel like here they're a little bit more defined. Like I feel like in the first one, uh, like the sisters in particular yeah. are kind of interchangeable. This one, okay. I feel like they did a little better job of establishing them. I feel like people had a little bit more personalities than they did necessarily in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciated that. Um, almost immediately you referenced a girl's show. <laughs> it's the kid from Cougar Town. That's <laughs> what you said. What I is it, I is Cougar Town? I imagine like Desperate Housewives. 
Cougar Town was Courtney Cox post friends. Uh, the incredible thing about Scream mm-hmm. is you watch Courtney Cox like melt. Like the first Scream, mm-hmm. super pretty lady. And then it's like plastic surgery, plastic surgery, plastic surgery. And by the time you get to Scream 4, she she looks like the Crypt Keeper man. It's the David Arquette years. She looks terrible. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, so Cougar Town, justify yourself here. It's a, it's a show I watched. It had Courtney Cox. It had uh, the first female friend from Drew Carey show. There was uh, more than one? Yeah, I guess in, in the like the last season or two, um, they replaced her with the blonde who went on to do another show that I'm blanking on. Weird. Yeah. I I must have stopped watching that. Yeah. It must have lasted a long time. Drew Carey show? Yeah. I think it was like nine seasons. Wow. The problem, see, I love that show. That was, that and Roseanne were like my favorite sitcoms growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Roseanne is all out on DVD and all that, but Drew Carey show did a lot of licensed music. So that held it back. And when they finally got all the, the licensing kind of in order, they're like, okay, we licensed most of this. Um, Drew Carey like has this philosophy of once he's done something, he doesn't go back to it. Okay. So they couldn't do any commentaries or anything with him, and since he wasn't going to be part of it, they just, I think they did the first season and that was it. Weird. Yeah. And it's an, I just, I want to put it on Netflix or something. I'd, I'd rewatch it. Yeah, totally. I'd probably stop, because it probably wouldn't be as good as I remember. I tried rewatching Married with Children a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. Like, I yeah. watched like 10 minutes of it, and it was just not good, and there was, the moment that I stopped was like... Uh, he put his feet, Ed Neal put his feet in mm-hmm. like water, in like a pond, yeah. and then like a bunch of fish immediately floated up dead. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, I don't I don't know that that show was ever really that great in my eyes. But I think it was just more like it was something I shouldn't be watching because yeah. they were talking about sex and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. When you're like, Eight years old and Christina Applegate is acting like a slut and wearing exactly. Yep, you could like I could see her midriff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Um, there's definitely a better reason for a crash. Yeah, in the remake, like yeah. it had a reason for a crash. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's better than a bunny. So I appreciated that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because all right, so here's the thing. Yeah, this is exa- almost up until the. The third act. This yeah. is exactly the same movie. Um, it's n- it's not. They're what are like, you talking about? It's like almost the, beat for beat. The character motivations are a lot different. So in the first movie, the gas attendant tries to get them to go back onto the freeway because he's done with the family. He's packing up. He's leaving, and he tries to save the family. Okay. In this one, the gas station attendant gives them the family yes uh like he's also he also is done with it but then at the last second turns and like gives them feeds them or whatever okay uh and so the also the 
the Hills people are a lot more active, yet we never, ever get their perspective. We get a whole lot of POV, shitty POV shots mm-hmm. from them, which <laughs> there's a lot of gimmicky POV in this that I don't like. But, yeah, we we don't know what their motivations are throughout any of this. No, not really. But but so here's where I'm going. What, what Like almost... I would argue those are big things as far as a character motivation, mm-hmm. but as far as actually changing what they're doing with the movie, it's literally like changing a line is the only difference but is there, is they're doing the character motivations. It's also, I feel like I'm, I'm seeing this more and more as we watch newer horror movies and contrasting them with older horror movies, the Hills have eyes, 1977. I liked the characters and I was, rooting for them to get out of the situation this one i'm not a monster i was still rooting for them to not get eaten by cannibals but i hated all the characters they were all whiny assholes like doug is just the biggest whiny asshole oh ever he definitely in this is whole movie. yeah and he's just constantly bitching about bob for sure Where, whereas mustache is just kind of oblivious yeah, he's, but he's just part of the family he's trying part of to the help. family yeah yeah but but so this movie it, there's three riot creditors credited writers mm-hmm. Wes Craven for the original screenplay yeah the director and another dude they basically Wes Craven this is Wes Craven's script almost mm-hmm. like the yes they tweaked a few things but even down to like the mom's dying and she's like we've got such a small thing we need to clean it up like everything is almost exactly the same like yeah. this is if you look at Cronenberg's fly he took a nugget of the idea mm-hmm. and reshaped it. Definitely. And that's almost a reimagining, right? This, this is, is a remake. This is more sure. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Absolutely. Than the but fly. even more than Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. It's crazy. So we do not. It's too bad that we already told you to watch these two back to back. Because in my opinion, do not watch them back to back. I'm jumping to the end right now. I think independently, they're both fine movies. But do not watch them back to back. This is the wrong way to do it. We yeah. should not have done it like this because you're there's no point. The movie seemed to have an identity crisis with me, whether it didn't know if it wanted to be its own movie or if it didn't know if it wanted to be a shot for shot remake or an homage because it kept walking the it was more drunkenly walking the line than walking a tightrope. I just so many things were like exactly the same. Like she's running out saying that's not my bob that's not my bob and any individual thing i'm okay with if you choose one of those things to do but the fact that they do all of them yeah but um, it rang hollow again because we watched them back to back because the mom in the 77 one does that so well like you believe that she's just in shock and you've already established just it's like her new mantra she's just saying it over and over and over again because if she stops saying it she's gonna start if she says it enough, she's going to start believing it, she thinks. And she's almost, you've already kind of established that she's already a little off kilter. Right. Um, but the new one, she says the she says the exact same line, but she says it once, maybe twice. She's not yelling it and screaming it and repeating it over and over again. And she's more just stunned and delivers a line. So again, it's like walking that tightrope. Is, is this a remake or an homage? Like, is this a remake or the same movie you know it was almost it, the same movie and, and and to be honest i can't even necessarily i don't know i was gonna say i can't fault it i don't know because i like so from a 
from a, a, a monetary standpoint or whatever, like you're trying to take something that is fine, it's got a good ideas or whatever, and you want to profit off of it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I think it really suffered for me watching them back to back because I was constantly just like, why are you just regurgitating this? Um, See, what you, you saw in the first one. Yeah, you keep complaining that it was the same movie. I, on the other hand, was yelling at it because it wasn't the same movie, but it seemed like it was trying to be. Like... You know, the it's remake me. That's the name of the podcast, right? Remakes are kind of what we do. We do other things, but remakes—that's kind of our gimmick. Mm-hmm. And like this one, this one definitely had an identity crisis. Like, I don't, I just, I don't understand it. I don't. <laughs> it, yeah, it was just you're you're changing the character motivations. Okay, good, do that. So. But you're you're changing. It's like the butterfly effect, not the shitty movie, but the actual concept. You're changing the character motivations. Great. So then they sh- that means the characters should go off. The plot should follow that. But it doesn't. It keeps weaving in on itself and and then veering out wildly and then weaving back in on itself. And it's it's yeah. So I keep trying to separate the the remake from just looking at it on its own. So I think if I had just like I remember, I remember this much more fondly than when I watched it right now, mm-hmm. and it's because I was constantly comparing it, which might not be fair because I mean the audience for this movie when it came out in two thousand six, they didn't anticipate these people having seen the seventy seven version. So is that fair for us to be for me because I think I'm doing it more, critiquing it for taking too much from the original. That might be unfair if I tr- I should be trying to look at it a little bit on its own and then for fun comparing it to 77 instead of being angry about it. I mean, it's the point of the podcast. I know, but <laughs> maybe it's a terrible point. All right. Um, Let's rename the show. Let's rebrand. <laughs> the When he goes, I like the the uh, the the craters with the all the vehicles that they've ditched. Okay. I think it's a cool visual. Um I think that there were a couple of super nasty birds. Like, yeah, did they? Like did they, they made a raven fly in front of a green screen, and it went way too fast, so they had to put oh. it in slow motion. Okay, I wasn't even going there. I was talking literally. Oh, I don't think it was that scene. I think it was towards the end. Mm-hmm. There's literally like a couple of nasty, like matted crows that like their feathers were falling out yeah. and stuff that were real, and it had me wondering like. Did they find them or did they have someone that bring like they specialize in nasty diseased birds that they bring to set? Like they have yeah. to pay extra for diseased birds. Is that bird makeup? I don't, I can't imagine it's bird makeup. Uh, Just glue some feathers onto them. Years ago, my sister used to watch all of these. Like uh, she really used to like horses. I don't remember the movie, but it was a horse movie. Black Beauty. Might've been. Sea Biscuit. Don't know. Um, but there was like scenes where these horses were neglected and they rescued them or whatever. And there's no way that they faked this, especially when it was done. They just had like totally malnourished horses that were just skin and bones that they had, that they were like the, this is my story. I'm getting rescued right now. Yeah. And like, had me want like, did they malnourish these horses in order to film them? Or, Or did they like wait till they found malnourished horses I, was, I don't know. I would hope. I mean, 
basically any big budget movie has to have ASPCA on on hand if they have any animals, right? Wasn't there their dogs purpose movie? They just had something where like there's leaked footage of them like abusing some dog. Yeah. Isn't that supposed to be like a Christian movie? I don't it's supposed to be a dog movie. I don't know. But it's like a anymore. reincarnated dog or something. I don't know. That seems like it would be contradictory if it's reincarnated dog. Christian I think the movie. point is like the dog's like an angel and it keeps trying to get back it keeps finding the family. I don't know. I didn't watch the movie. I didn't either. I've seen like a thirty second thing. <laughs> okay. Um I'm just talking out of my ass. Um I there's a scene w- where so Bob goes back to the gas station mm-hmm. and he looks at a whole bunch of clippings all over that pretty much just gives us the exposition that we need to put everything together. Yeah. Miners, uh, testing site yeah, explosions. So, yeah. I hate that in movies. Yeah. I, it's so lazy. Like yeah. at least if it's in the credits, like I can be like, okay, the film is telling me this, mm-hmm. but now we're supposed to buy that this, gas station attendant has been clipping what has got to be the most traumatic, like his biggest burden in life. Yeah. And he's clipping them and hanging them up yeah. to display. That doesn't make any sense. Right. And then he discovers it. And then he says like, you fucker or all shit or something, something that doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> he's pieced, like he's supposedly pieced this all together right then or something. He's yelling at the, the, the billboard. Yes. But I think he's yelling at the gas station attendant. Yeah. But the like gas, he's put what, it all what together. Would, why would the gas station attendant be clipping those things? I, he wouldn't? No, it, let alone over the course of a hundred years. Yeah. It, it, I, it's it's lazy. Yeah. Is what, is what it is. I don't like it. 60 years, but. Whatever. 45 to 62. Okay. Math. Um, which, so Bob ends up getting grabbed by the gang, the mutant gang. Yeah. At the gas station. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets burned again the same. Yeah. Which burning is worse? The first one you have Bob breathing smoke, not having his clothes burned with dirt rubbed on his face. Mm-hmm. And in the remake, you have CGI fire. And pixelated Bob. Yeah. And it looks like, pretty not good. Yeah. They like whiten his eyes, but like don't go the extra distance of like the eyes melting or anything. They yeah. just like, he, they just instantly turn white. I liked, I liked charred Bob when he's at the house, when he's at the mutant's house, like with yeah. the flag in his head mm-hmm. i thought that looked good yeah but the actual cgi fire but i think that's the time period thing like rejects has the same look of fire and yeah. it's not good um so i think it's just a time period thing but it took me out a little bit when that happened yeah um they bust in they kill the mom exactly the same way yeah killed the sister basically wife, the same way. The exact same way pretty much we've got the same uh, rape scene where he tells Pluto, mm-hmm. who's not Pluto, I don't think in this movie, is he Pluto? Uh, but he tells lizard he, goggles. I don't remember his name. I don't either. But he tells him, "You're not man enough to 
do this and he breaks down the stuff the exact same way yeah lizard eats the bird the exact same it's exactly the same i yeah. don't i don't understand it um it's the same thing that we just went over yeah like almost everything mm-hmm. up Ex- until except in this one there were two birds and in his rage he he killed one of them for not being able to rape the girl yeah just out of anger yeah um he the so he got a lot more make you know a lot more makeup in this one yes. everyone did he looked like a cross between sloth from the goonies and dauber from coach I can see that, actually, everything you just said. <laughs> so a super awkward interaction that I got the liberty of partaking. Okay. Um, Michael Berryman, Pluto in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, the most unique looking actor ever, right? Sure. Yeah. He looks awesome. It's just it's who he is. It's what yeah, he looks like, he's right? He's got the look. So there's like a 10-year-old kid in front of me. At a convention, mm-hmm. he's getting something signed or whatever, and he's talking to Michael Berryman or whatever, and uh, he gets it done, and at the very end, he's like, by the way, I love Goonies, man. <laughs> and I'm like, god damn it. He just he was trying to be nice, but he just told Michael Berryman that he looks like Sloth, mm-hmm. and that he thinks he is Sloth. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. And I'm next. <laughs> and Michael Berryman still stayed in there, like, kind of shocked, like... I want to punch this kid in the face a little bit, but I don't. So I was just like, do you think you were Goonies? He's like, guess so. And we both just kind of <laughs> laughed a little bit. And then I started talking to him about something else. But it was like, thanks, kid, for putting me in that situation. That's awesome. At least he didn't make him like sign Goonies stuff. Yeah, that would be awkward. Yeah. Or like a baby Ruth. Oh, from Goonies. Yeah. He likes baby from Ruth. Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, so they end up, I, I like the, I agree. You don't get to see exactly what their day-to-day life is necessarily quite as much or their dynamic. You don't get any motivation. You but, don't even really get to their cannibals until the first time you fully see the dad and he's eating the, their, the mom and sister. Well, by this point, I'm trying to remember which is first. You've already seen big head in the wheelchair right well okay yeah he does say breakfast so he shouts breakfast and then yeah so that's the only so time by this really time I, l- I like the the 50s uh nuclear testing thing mm-hmm. that they're living there i think it looks cool i think it's got a creepy vibe all the mannequins sitting around and everything yeah if however if they've been living there for years, wouldn't they have gotten rid of the mannequins by this point? Like, wouldn't you have taken the mannequin out of the comfortable chair and thrown it outside so you can sit in a comfortable chair? Well, they did have that one room where they had the, them set up in an orgy. Yeah, but the rest of them, it was literally like the living room, like the comfortable chairs. Yeah. Which all those chairs were super nice and clean and not having been... Like, the dummies in the back burned faces... Obviously, the bla- they're in the blast zone, but those chairs, super nice. They were pretty still, nice. Still pristine. Um, so you'd get, you would have gotten rid of the mannequins to sit in the comfortable chair? Sure. Okay, good. Um, I'm always going to sit in the comfortable chair. So, uh, 
main guy who's not Jupiter in this one. Okay. Ends up meeting up with Bobby and Claire from Lost. Yeah. Um, Doug has his showdown with everybody at the 50s style house stuff. Yeah. There's a scene when the guy who's not Jupiter, I'm sorry, who's not Pluto, is like busting through the walls. Yeah. And it reminded me, there's a outtake from Chris Farley from Beverly Hills Ninja. Okay. Have you seen this? <laughs> yeah. Well, the I don't know. So like I've he seen ha- the movie. He has to run and like jump through like paper wall. Okay. But he misses and hits a stud <laughs> that's built for it and like literally knocks himself out because he just he jumped in the wrong spot. Yeah. There, were there no studs in these houses? Like I want and and that's like I a trope the point of horror movie. Kind of rotten. The, the, but the trope of horror movies is is that they bust through walls. Mm-hmm. Like just one time, I want to see like. Michael Myers try to bust through a wall and just like hit a stud and just be like, ah. Fuck. Well, I think he busts through the studs also, but he does a whole lot of not swinging that axe at the right key moments in that scene, in that fight. Like there are three or four times where Doug's like on the ropes, and he's like, <laughs> "Not now." I'm just gonna tackle you instead. Well, it's the same thing like with every every ninja movie or anything like that where they like yeah, attack stand him back, one at a time, stand back, gotta wait professional wrestling like hold on gotta wait gotta wait no i'm gonna go my turn yeah they're they're like putties from power rangers they just have to wait (laughs) their turn to get knocked over that's that's always my funny my favorite part of of bad action movies is like the actor in the background who like got up a little too quick and like jumps in and then has to like jump back and wait (laughs) because his key he he rushed his cue uh, um, yeah, and all the mutant monsters get dispatched. Yeah, he actually he actually gets blown up this time. He does get he, blown up. He seems so. Daddy seems really suspicious in the seventy seven one, and then somehow activates the trap without getting blown up. Daddy in this one seems even more suspicious, and it's like fuck it, opens the door and blows up. <laughs> Well, he opens the window. This was a window. Okay. Because it was side to side. Yeah. So I think they did the window and the door. So I think he thought he was outsmarting them by doing the window and not the door. Mm-hmm. I think that's a reveal that they did it to the window also. Okay. Makes sense? Sure. Okay. It just seemed like he opened it. He just like opened the sliding glass door. but I don't think so. I think it was the screen and the window. Okay. Because it was side to side. Yeah. Um, Got anything else for Hills Have Eyes 06? Not really. Yeah. I, I got know. my my cut in on dagger dauber. <laughs> is well, is he gonna be on there? Is he gonna be at uh Horror Hound? Dauber. Am I gonna meet the voice of Patrick? I I always remember him and uh uh Lieutenant Dan, Gary Sinise. Sinise did an of mice of men and he played remember of mice and men? Yeah, Gary Sinise did of mice and men with the guy from um, the cousin from the vacation movies, uh, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Am I misremembering this? I always thought it was Dauber. Dauber may have been in another one, but he wasn't in the one with Gary Sinise. So maybe I have combined the two in my head. Like Possibly. I've taken Gary Sinise from the 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 
fully functional character and yeah. then Dauber from then I combine those two. Maybe. I feel like I, maybe I did see two versions and I put the best yeah. two together in my they're head. Definitely, I think they're, they're definitely two versions that we watched at two different times in high school. Weird. He'll survive 77 or 06? 77. 100%. I, everything it was more clear. The characters had motivations. They didn't just... They their exposition made sense. It wasn't just dropped in for reasons. I think I agree. Seventy seven is my choice as well. But I feel like had I watched these individually, I would have had better thoughts on the O six than I would have watching them back to back. I just I don't like movies where I don't like the characters. Unless that's kinda like the point of the movie is like oh, look at all these horrible people, like uh Requiem for a Dream or something. Mm-hmm. I can't. And it seems like that's what a lot of the newer horror movies we've watched on here. It's like, we're going to make you hate these characters so you don't feel as bad when they get killed. I don't know. See, I don't know. I, did, I don't think I hated Bob. Big Bob? Yeah, Big Bob no. was he was kind of a, he was a little rough around the edges, but I didn't dislike him. Like, he was yeah. like, this is the way it is. got to go do this shit. But Bobby and, and especially Doug. Were D- Doug was definitely, and he ended up being our hero. Yeah. Like Doug was our hero and he was the whiniest bitch of them all. Yeah. But it, all right, so in the filmmaker's mind, is that, is he redeeming himself? Probably. But it was very, like, heavy handed, slapped together. Because, like, yeah, the, man, I don't, we don't need to keep talking about this movie, but that scene in the trailer between Bobby and Doug, like, before the accident, and Bobby fixes the air conditioning that Doug couldn't do. And then Doug's like, "Man, your sister's a real bitch." And I'm. What is the point of this? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna start smoking, and I'm gonna offer you a cigarette, but don't tell your sister because she's a real bitch. Yeah, and G just kept bitching about his father-in-law. Yeah. It'd be different. It'd be different if there was a moment where he sacrificed himself for for Big Bob or something. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. Thought the mutants were pretty cool. I like Big Head. Yeah, okay. I like Big Head. He was all right. All right. Uh, so especially one of these two movies, I all I remember is douchebag characters, so you're in for a treat next week. Yay. All right, next week, first movie. This is a Blu-ray being handed to me. Uh, a Legend of Terror is no campfire story anymore. The Burning, it will take you further than fear. There's a lot of taglines in this. So... A guy is trying to fuck a girl in the middle of a lake, not even like, <laughs> like it is like 60 feet deep where they are and they are halfway above water and giant Brutus the Barber beefcake is over top of them. Does this pre or post Jason? Because it looks like, hey, I can make one of those movies too. I think that's pretty much exactly what it is. Yeah. So it looks like it's going to be fun. Is it if it's a real bad shitty Jason movie? That sounds like a lot of fun. So slasher movies are kind of not kind of they're my least favorite part of the genre that we haven't done one yet. Mm-hmm. We probably won't do a lot. Yeah. Um. So brace yourself for not getting a lot of these. I guess. I mean, Jason is the slasher movie, right? That's where all the tropes come from. Um. Most of them, yeah. Teenagers having sex, so that's why they have to die. Yeah. Doing drugs. Right, so what what are we going to see in the burning, Justin? I hope we see actually Brutus the Barber Beefcake. 
that would be great. Why, but I highly doubt that. I don't that. think you described it. Why do you say that you see birds part of the <laughs> Because uh, there is a large figure looming over them with hedge clippers about to rain justice down upon them. And then there's a picture on the back of kind of what we see in the shadow on the front. And it looks, looks way less menacing back here. Just hands awkwardly holding shears. Yeah, this looks bad. I'm excited. So you never said. What are we going to see? I said The Burning. Oh I, I did say the title. No, I know. I'm saying what are we going to see happen during the course of the movie? I said hopefully Bruce the Barber Beefcake murdering teenagers at a camp. All right. Number two. <laughs> you, you are very upset with me. <laughs> I keep trying to spoon feed you this. <laughs> Give me more posters like... <laughs> Dungeon Master, where which I will talk for 20 minutes yet, about them. Which we haven't seen yet. Oh, yeah, that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Give me more posters like the one you'll hear about next week. <laughs> Not next week. Yeah, Not next two week. two weeks, no. This is episode 13. The end of episode 14 is me looking at that poster. This is 12. Is this 12? Fuck. Isn't it? Yeah, this is 12. Remember when 12. you said, how can you not know what podcast you're doing? <laughs> this is how. This is how. Uh, all right. What's We're our second? Traveling. What's our second one? Uh, you won't. Why is it dot, 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 you won't be coming home? I don't know. This is sleepaway camp. Uh, there's a note at the top. Dear mom and dad, I've been at sleepaway camp, which is capitalized, for almost three weeks now, and I'm getting very scared all the kids are getting, and then it ends, uh, there's a bloody knife going through a tennis shoe that isn't, like, on someone's foot, yet there's blood dripping from the knife. Uh, wow, the, the people on the back look very 80s. And there's really bad wallpaper. And... Yeah, muscle guy that looks kind of way too excited to be there. So this is obviously going to be another camp slasher movie. That kind of looks like a generic uh, Scott Bakula. Like a a Scott Bakula, like a B-level Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula is a B-level Scott Bakula. This looks like a C-level back Scott, Scott Bakula. Right, I Jeff. love Quantum Leap. He'll always be an A in my book. Justin. Yeah. Which one of these two movies is going to be better? Oh, I'm really rooting for Sleepaway Camp. That wallpaper says everything about this movie, I feel. All right, Justin. What else you got for us? Butt plug. <laughs> 